The Artwork Podcast. Rattling brains and concepts. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me quickly and spontaneously. Um, I'm here with Mazimba Wati. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, we are here in your studio space. Mm -hmm. um, it's really packed with, I mean, you couldn't stop looking because there's so many interesting things. Yeah. And uh, just uh, briefly, I, I saw the, um, these helmets and masks back mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, and they totally blew me away. Can you just quickly um, say something about them? Uh, thank you, George. It's a, it's a pleasure to, uh, to have you in my studio. Um, so, yeah, I, I collect a lot of stuff because my, my practice is mostly found materials. And uh, I recently discovered that I have an obsession for military stuff, you know, yep. like military uniforms, uh, military uh, helmets, and, and sometimes uh, arms, but of course not like uh, active arms, but small daggers, spears, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the helmets are part of uh, this collection, and uh, I'm not very sure exactly uh, where they are going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've started uh, a little bit of work on them, just uh, modifying them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of them, are, I mean, they carry the uh, insignia of their, you know, their history. Like, yep. I think these are Prussian, I have Prussian. Prussian, two of them, yeah. And uh, a Chinese, I don't know, 19th century or something. Mm -hmm and um, something like uh, there's an old Austrian police helmet there yeah. too yeah. you know so they are already loaded with history you know? definitely yeah so for me that's a, a, a good problem because I have to think okay these things carry this heavy history so what do I do you know as an artist to sort of mediate that yeah and sometimes I add things on them. Sometimes they are like funny things. They, they make them light a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but also sometimes uh, I think what the stuff that I add tribalizes them a little bit. They, 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 yeah, I was going to say it. Kind <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, the, the pins and needle, needles are like yeah. found precious things that, you know, could be in there. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, it's a play with material and also I, I'm contending with this history of, of these objects because it can be a heavy history, you know, yeah. for, for some people. Definitely, the, especially the pickle hub with the pressure. Yeah, the pickle like, hub, you yeah. know. So I think as an artist I'm also trying to uh, mediate that and, 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 and see if I can uh, maybe own that helmet and, and also have my, 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 my say in the history. So, yeah. so they're kind of on at the airport, ready to take off someplace else, the, the helmets kind of... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think they will be part of a larger kind of an installation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what, I, what I'm thinking for now, but we'll see, see how it goes. How it goes, yeah? Yeah. yeah. 
Great. So, so we delved right into your most recent, not, not even finished work. Okay. Could you just say, you know, a couple words of, about your background and sure. how you ended up in Vienna doing the PhD here? Sure, sure. Uh, so I am I'm born and bred in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Uh, Southern Africa. So all my socialization happened there. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, my basic education and uh, initial art education. Mm -hmm. I, I studied for my national diploma in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Uh, in fine art, which is could be equivalent to a bachelor's. Yeah. And from there, I moved uh, to the U.S. to study for my master's. Spent a couple of years in the U.S., three years, and then came to Vienna for the Ph.D. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's a funny story how I came to Vienna because I initially didn't plan <laughs> to come <laughs> yeah. to Vienna, you know. But I, I, want, I was looking for a Ph.D. Yeah. program, something that would give me time to think through ideas and yeah. experiment. Yeah. Because I think I was at a point uh, in my career where I needed a lot of time, yeah. but also a lot of st uh, structure, mm -hmm. just to play around. You know, I had so many ideas that were like knots. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I need some time. I need some space. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> so I had applied somewhere else, uh, Goldsmith London, and I got the place, but. Yeah. Uh, too expensive, you know. Oh yeah, loudness, nightmare. Yeah. yeah, but I've always wanted to be in Goldsmith ever since I was young. Okay. So I was a little heartbroken. Yeah. But a friend of mine said, "Hey, I'm in a program here in Vienna. Why don't you come?" And it's a lot of they give you a lot of time and it's a scholarship. You know, yep. it's like yep. you get paid for that. And I said, "Sure." Yep. You know, so <laughs> what's not to like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I ended up here, or uh, you know, of all places. Yeah. Uh, and so far. I have no regrets. I think this was the best decision of my life. I really, really enjoyed being here yep. uh, for the past three years, and I've I've really like stretched myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, pushed myself a little bit, and also also uh, a lot of travel and mm -hmm. learning a lot of things. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited to be here. Yeah. 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 So um. From from what I can see and also from from what I know, f uh, you know, of your work, your mm -hmm. part of your creative process also that you kind of make th things from the very beginning, like the pigments sometimes, right? Yeah. Or yeah. maybe yeah. the the instruments you really build them yourself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is that how? I mean, I'm just interested. How did you come to that kind of sort of clean sheets approach of of creating things? Right. Uh, so I should also say that uh, that has changed a, a little bit. Now, um, looking at the helmets, <laughs> yes, <laughs> over the past couple of years. Yeah. But I, 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 I come from a school of thought that you have to build everything from scratch. So um, I studied as a sculptor mm -hmm. and a painter. And uh, around 2003 in Zimbabwe, we started making our own pigments mm -hmm. for two reasons. Uh, the first reason was that there were there were not much pigments uh, available, like uh, ready-made pigments, yep. because of the economic situation. Mm -hmm. Things were getting a little bit shaky yep. in the economy, so you were not getting a 
okay, many okay, manufacturing or, or, or you know import of pigment yeah. so we started making so it was by necessity yeah but also the other school of thought was that we we for us to be true to ourselves as artists who are living in southern africa we have to use materials that is material that are from south mm -hmm. africa mm -hmm. so we started making our own pigments from soil from from local uh things you know and uh yeah but but uh, after a couple of years i i discovered the uh in in practicality of that yeah <laughs> because it takes also it not takes very long time. long yeah. you know and and i'm not a scientist i'm not yeah. a chemist you yeah. know so you you begin to hit these brick walls where, where you realize that okay i am going to spend so much time yeah. trying to make this thing but i could you know outsource it i, I can commission yeah. somebody you know so my practice started changing a little bit and um <coughs> found objects became a big part of that mm -hmm. you know uh i i still make instruments uh, from scratch sometimes yep. but uh most of the times it's uh broken instruments that i find yep. and i modify yep. like trumpets uh i think i've got some uh like fan fanfare trumpets here yeah that are semi-functional yeah and i will modify them a little bit you know i'll keep them uh, functional to a certain extent yeah they're uh they look fantastic yeah thank oh. you very much yeah. so yeah so r right now I, i'm in a place whereby i use broken stuff like yeah. and then try to repair it you know yeah um it's unfortunate i i just skipped some work last week you would have seen a good example of some trumpets yeah. uh, that were modified it you know with all kinds of things on them huh? and uh, it's a fun process for me huh? you know i feel like i'm getting involved in a kind of a history of manufacturing uh -huh. but, but also a history of the instrument some and adding my own little voice and, and maybe it's also a kind of a kickoff to to already have a direction what we're going to go with your pieces right exactly because mm -hmm. the material itself you know is, is already speaking yeah so huh? i just have to sort of find also how to say what i want to say but there's already a, a narrative there so yeah. yeah it's kind of fun it is yeah looks yeah. great yeah. yeah um this might be um i wouldn't say controversial question but i'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you anyways sure. <laughs> um and i don't know if you agree but i i have the impression that this uh i mean you know if you look at the last whatever 100 years there was kind of a domination of global northism in mm -hmm. in in the art red in the art world right yeah um and this to my impression kind mm -hmm. of really there's kind of a, a hype towards the other like towards uh, the other end to to open that up like the last say 10 20 years maybe correct um yeah do you think that this is and here's the here's the maybe controversial controversial part do you think that's a kind of a hype situation that might you know mm -hmm. uh go back to where we sadly maybe were also mm -hmm. in terms of perception what mm -hmm. what is art you know mm -hmm. the definition of it yeah. or do you think that that is a process that is kind of irrevocably here mm. that that is kind of here to stay um, that's a very interesting question i i think of it uh often uh and and i i i think it's uh, across the board it's not only in the arts um where you see that there is a history that the global north is is dominant 
I think it's in philosophy, it's mm. in uh, economics, of course, uh, in huh? all kinds of things. And this is just the nature of world politics, right? Up until now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and but you 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 mentioned something very interesting there, which you observed. I, I observe it, you know, and and hopefully I I, I live uh, in it. That for the past couple of years, there's this. Uh, sort of like a shift of attention to the global south. Mm. The, I think this is where things like decolonization, mm. uh, post-colonial theory come in. Mm. I think all these instruments are trying to sort of correct something that is broken yeah. or kind of shift the perspective um, <clears throat> to uh, the other side that was not privileged with that uh, perspective. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, but uh, it, it's also politics when I, when I look at it, uh, especially if this kind of shift is coming from the global north. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and, uh, exactly, yeah. And, and, and looking there. And I... I really understand what's trying to happen, you know, what it's trying to do. Uh, but I, I also think that there is something more genuine beyond just uh, this binary thing of saying, okay, now let's look at this side because we've been looking at this side. Now yep. let us, you know, uh, we have borders, we have cultural differences which uh, we must respect, you know, yep. of course. But I think there's something that happens when cultures meet. Yeah. To me, that's more interesting. Of course, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, when two kinds of musicians, one from South Central America meets somebody from, let's say, Japan. Yeah. When they meet, I'm more interested in that hybrid. And I think my work, that's why my work, usually it, it, I, I use a lot of uh, materials. I don't really care with the culture. Uh, where, where they come from in terms of culture but I'm interested in this encounter with this cultural object and what I can do with it mm. what what I can uh, 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 what kind of conversation I can have with it so all this decolonize decolonization uh, like shifting of the gaze politics mm. is great I know what's what's happening there mm. but to me it's more political than it is creative yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm more as an artist personally. I'm interested in what happens when two different bodies of knowledge come together. Yeah. What is that hybrid? You know, uh, it's like when you mix. Uh, uh, I think I made a piece uh, two years ago where I had a, a guitar, like basic conventional guitar. And then I used mbira, very traditional instrument from Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. I used mbira and created this hybrid instrument. Yeah. For me, that's fun. Yeah. You know, I'm learning something new from both instruments. What can change about them? What cannot change about them? So, yeah, I think my answer would be that it's a political thing. I understand it uh, to a certain extent, but I'm more interested in where the cultures meet, what happens in that intersection. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I hope I answered the question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, totally, yeah. But but there's an interesting point that you just said that 
you know, shifting the gaze, and I'm just yeah. uh, and there's one thing that that made me think now. What what you just said is is the fact that I'm another fact, but it could be the fact that you know the situation that the quote unquote art world is looking at it kind of you know um, speaks in that concept of interpassivity in in that term that we talk about it then we don't have to do it you know the of course that the colonization I, I process get, I get you, know. you it's like an appeasement right yeah yeah exactly yeah a, you know kind of kind of a, yeah. yeah and it's a, it's a, it's like a trick <laughs> <laughs> you know at at, uh, at its worst form i think it's mm. like a trick that if we can if we talk about it we give uh, a pressure valve to vent all the anger and mm. everything and then maybe after that there's no more fuel to do the actual thing yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. for me this is the problem with theory yeah. yeah you know the problem with theory sometimes is we we we, we put a lot of energy into ideas um, but we don't really we are not committed to the manifestation of those ideas mm. like in, in real life so yeah so I, I get you I, I come from Zimbabwe we are we have some domestic politics happening yeah. and what I see most of the time is exactly that that mm. you know sometimes the people who are in power they create a buzz, they create um, a facade, mm -hmm. you talk about things, you, 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 know, you discuss things, you create this hype about things, but the commitment to actually be on the grassroots and implement them is not there. So sometimes it feels like this, this, mm -hmm. this whole shifting of the gates feels like, okay, this is another appeasement game, mm -hmm. yeah. like a big circus, we yeah. see these things but we cannot take them home <laughs> yeah. you know so. so is your but then again is the question is did you think there's too much or too little I wouldn't say talk but you know um, uh, appreciation of that situation within let's say within Africa within Europe should there be more of that or is it is it you know what 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 is there to be done if mm. you I mean, this uh, is a very political. Big big, sorry, uh, huge, huge question. <laughs> it's a big what question. shall we do? Yeah, sure. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't think I have an answer for that now. But what I will say is, um, topics like these they are so complex, you know. Hmm? And uh, sometimes people don't have the time to engage with these topics because they are difficult topics. Yeah. And also. If you are operating in the art world, sometimes there are trends. Right? Yeah. So when you start talking about some stuff like this, you, you start going against the trends, mm. which is not very good for you as an artist, you know. Mm. Um, so sometimes, you know, people just choose to sort of like, okay, observe what's happening and play along. You know, there there's always a bigger politics playing in the arts. Unfortunately, yeah, sure. And, and most people do not want to be involved with that because it comes with consequences. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think we should be able to have some conversations, like, um, you know, openly, like, okay, what is really happening here? Um, it it leads us to 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 maybe to the. 
a, a problem that I think most of these conversations are not grassroots conversations. Yeah. They don't come from the people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They I come from big money. Mm-hmm. They come from people who have an agenda and, and, and they say, okay, this is now the edge of the minority or this is now the edge of this part of the world to be seen, to be visible. So we create these platforms for them. Yeah. And already there's a problem there because it's not coming from the grassroots. And who's going to make the money of it? That's the other you question. Know, this is the thing. It's all big business, big, big power. Business, right? And uh, yeah, th- that kind of dangerous topics to get into because once you spearhead those topics and you, you know, there could be consequences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I understand. I understand yeah. what's, what's happening there. Yeah. But uh, also as artists, we have to be honest to ourselves. What do you want to What do I want to do? Mm. What do I want to make? Mm. You know? For me, the question goes back there. I should be honest with what I want to make and how I want to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's leave the big questions <laughs> <laughs> on the side for a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. A bit more individual question, maybe. Do you, yeah. uh, what is your experience or your, your thoughts on, on collaborations? You know, like um, two, three, maybe four people in on working on, on a piece or on, on a work? Uh-huh. Uh, great question again. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of... Uh, Collaboration. I think I've been collaborating for the longest time, both on sculptural work, but also on uh, sound work. Mm-hmm. And I think I've learned more in collaborations, you know, because when people come together, different background, different skills, different understanding of materials, there is always uh, more to learn than when you are, you know, chipping away in your studio by yourself. So I'm very open to collaborations of any kind. I think I've collaborated with people across the board, just spontaneously. Sometimes I don't even think, I just, okay, you want a collaboration? (laughs) Let's do it. it. (laughs) Because for me, uh, sometimes it's not about the product, but it's about the experience. What do I learn from it? You know, Mm. how, how is my mind opened by that? Yeah, and, and pushed in directions that you probably wouldn't exactly. have explored exactly. all by yourself, right? Exactly, exactly. And also, you know, to be honest with you, as human beings, you will be very blessed if you live up to 100. I, I can, <laughs> we don't have a lot of time. I cannot learn everything. I, I have so many interests. I want to learn to play many instruments. Yeah. But I, you know, I can't. I can play only do so far. But I can collaborate, mm. you know, with people who do what I want to do, and then I can learn. They can contribute to my understanding. I can also contribute to theirs. So, yeah, yeah, mm. I think it's a good way to to fulfill yourself and to learn. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And also, maybe this is uh, also part of the next question. Mm-hmm. It is probably something that that keeps the the creative process you know flowing once you're kind of I mean I'm, I'm sure the situation where you're kind of stuck yeah sometimes right yeah yeah so apart from maybe these collaborative um, influences are there any toolkits that you have like some you know, something that you you know think okay um, I'm totally stuck I need to do this or I need to go is there something that you kind of go back to definitely um, so I'll, I'll give one broad answer and maybe one specific one. yeah so the, 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 the broad one is 
I personally con uh, constantly reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people who know me from 10 years ago, they know me as a ceramic artist. Yep. Because I was doing ceramics for more than 10 years. Mm -hmm. And there are people who know me for five, <coughs> five uh, years ago, they might know me as a found object artist. Mm -hmm. People from three years back know me as a sound artist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I am all that, you know. But what I've been doing is I've been reinventing myself, mm -hmm. changing direction, changing medium, taking some big risks. And uh, one of the ways I was able to do that is to get myself in school. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, when I went to grad school in 2017 in Michigan, I was like totally stuck. Mm -hmm. I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with what I was seeing around me because I had done it for a long time and I said, it's either I, I have to find something new or I, I stop this because I am not excited about it anymore. Yeah. But when I went to grad school, it was very challenging because I had practiced for a couple of years, you know. Going back to school, I was challenged, I was pushed, I was made uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it stretched me. Mm. And after that, I uh, came to Vienna and for the longest time, I didn't have a studio. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I would do was sound work. Yeah. I would do it uh, in the basement of my house, you know. Uh, so, but also this PhD brought in a lot of theory, a mm -hmm. lot of reading uh, that has opened up my mind to, to things. So, yeah, I think the f my first answer is to be able to reinvent yourself, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, take uh, risks. Mm -hmm. But uh, the second answer is going to go back to the other question. Okay. Yeah. You ask. Yeah. Collaboration. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. for me, this is one way of of really getting a fresh uh, perspective on what you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with what we are doing, but it's just like we, the perspective, where we are standing when we are looking at it, might need to shift a little bit so that we can see a different way. Yeah. So for me, this, this would be my things in my toolkit. Nice, no, okay, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, was there, of a specific moment in your life where you decided or felt that the decision was made for you that you want to be in you know uh, in the art world or as a, a creative being or was it just a process where you just drifted along into mm. um or maybe there was just a very specific moment there's like yes that's it i'm gonna go you know all in and that's it um yeah it's a it's an interesting question I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> a single moment, but uh, I think what comes to mind was, um, I think my first, um, the decision to go to art school, Yeah. because I had already been making stuff as a, as a child, you know, and, and messing with things and collecting things. Uh, but the decision to go to art school, <coughs> was very contested. My dad was not for it. He wasn't My happy about it? No? No. Because there was no example. There was nobody yeah. who had done it, who was, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, who we could look up to. So he said, no, this doesn't work. Yeah. But uh, the only reason my dad allowed me to go to art school was that I made him a promise that 
after that, I would go and study something else. <laughs> Which you did or did not? I did not. <laughs> oh, you broke the promise. I, I didn't break the promise, but uh, I, I think he understood because uh, uh, along the way, he, he began to see this passion, you know, yeah, that I yeah, had. Yeah, I see. And also, you know, I had uh, a little bit of early success, you know, when mm -hmm. I was in Zimbabwe. And he started to say, okay, this thing just looks like work. it makes sense. It might work. Might you know, yeah. let's see, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. So I was kind of like cut loose from the promise. Yep. So I, I, didn't, I didn't keep it. Huh? Um, but I think for me, I, I was just following this hunch, this yeah. desire that this is what I want to do. Huh? You know, even though I, in my vision, I just, it was very, very short. I just knew that I wanted to be in art school. So I think that's the moment that I think, you know, that uh, I really, really uh, opened up this whole path. Yeah. One thing led to another. I met people. I met uh, uh, amazing artists. I had, like, interesting sounds. And I said, okay, maybe I should learn more about this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I think the second part of this question would be, was there also a specific moment when, when you said, okay, now I am an artist, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you can support yourself in terms of you know what you do. Exactly. Um, oh man, it's many times. Yeah. Many times. I think that I've been uh, sometimes in situations whereby you you really look and say, okay, I put in a lot yeah. <laughs> into this whole art thing, but what I'm getting is not really you know it's yeah. not uh, equivalent. Yeah. And I think the only thing that keeps me sometimes is that I've just I've come too far. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way back. <laughs> yeah, just you know, too far yeah. out at sea. Yeah, it's like gonna reach you, the other shore now. You know, it's like you've yeah. bent the bridges. I cannot I cannot imagine starting something else now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and and my mom is is this funny thing. She says that I don't think you are making a living out of your art. I think your art is making a living out of you. But it's a very beautiful, beautiful <laughs> statement, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I, I should honestly, I should say there are there are rewards there. Yeah. There are ups and downs, you know. As an artist, every artist will tell you this, you know. But there are rewards. There, there is joy in 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 the process. Um, and of course, uh, at a certain point, you you become financially stable. Mm. Uh, and hopefully for most artists this will come uh, but there's also this joy and this assurance that I'm doing exactly what I was created to do you know? mm. I'm not cheating myself yeah. so yeah. It, it makes you feel great yeah. You know? yeah. so yeah cool mm -hmm. um, just because I, I think we, we touched on that subject subject before and it might be just the other side of that whole you know, planet of, of um, colonialism but I wanted yeah. to ask you um, because it's a very much a catchphrase to what is your you know take on cultural appropriation oh, um, oh don't get me started you, 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 you have these big questions man. sorry <laughs> you can skip it you say you can just say I'm not no, interested I, you know? I will I will gladly uh, you know take take a jab at it yeah uh, even though I, 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 I don't promise to answer it um, you know uh, maybe uh, in the way that would be uh, satisfactory, but I will say something about it. So, 
cultural appropriation is, is, is a complex thing, you mm. know, if, if, you, uh, if you ask me. Uh, there is this one side of history where we can talk about Picasso looking at African mm. masks in the museum yep. and then introducing Cubism, right? right? Mm. And we can talk about uh, somebody listening to Saul Makosa from mm. Manu Dibango, Cameroon, and then taking some Samples, you know, maybe. sound yeah. there and become something else in another place other than where it was created. And we also have uh, aesthetics, you know, where people look at uh, designs of fashion and uh, say that this would look nice in another context, mm -hmm. you know. And there's a whole history here also of uh, powerful nations going to less powerful people. Absolutely. And, uh, and collecting selectively collecting what they feel they can use or what they feel they can develop. That's the success story of Europe. Exactly. <laughs> and then at some point, 100 years later, when those people from less powerful nations come into these spaces and try to do the same thing, then mm. it's called, no, it's been done before. Yeah. By who and, you know, yeah, so and yeah. so and so and yeah. so. So, you see, we have to agree and, and, and face our history that there is a long history of exploitation, mm -hmm. not of only aesthetics or sound, but also of bodies of people. Yeah. You know, that is uh, the reality of our times, mm. right? Uh, but there is also this part whereby we need to ask ourselves, like, what can we learn from each other? What can I learn from this culture and what can I learn from this culture? You know, almost everybody in the world drinks tea. Mm -hmm. It's arguably that tea comes from China mm -hmm. or uh, the Portuguese introduced tea. You know, mm -hmm. so small things like that, it, it makes the whole conversation very complex. Indeed, you, yeah. can, you can't really draw a line that, okay, this belongs to here, this belongs to here, this belongs mm -hmm. to here. And, and we are living in, in such a complex, interconnected world mm -hmm. that sometimes conversations of ownership of things can become complex. Mm -hmm. uh, and by, by, by saying this, I'm not trying to soften our, our, our cultural appropriation. Yep. I think there is unhealthy uh, habits that happen, powerful people, from either side, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, taking stuff without acknowledging, without uh, uh, giving back, without uh, a respect. Yeah. But I think there's also a part whereby people choose to share things yeah. amongst themselves. You know, so yeah, on this on this issue, I, I again I go back to myself as a as, a, as an artist, and I say. If I, you know, if I see something that I like or something that I'm inspired by, my question, the question to me would be, how do I respectfully engage with that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I talk about it in a respectful way, yeah. you know, and acknowledge the genealogy of an idea mm -hmm. or acknowledge the genealogy of um, a sound? 
or acknowledge the history of an aesthetic. Yeah. You know, I think this is where artists as individuals should ask themselves, like, okay, you are using a certain sound or a certain aesthetic, but do you acknowledge the history of it or the genealogy of it? Yeah. 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 So I think I think I'll leave it there. Yeah, fine. So it's a, it is a very complex issue, and it's, yeah, it's and, and, and the yeah. lines are very you yeah, know yeah. difficult they are, to define. They are muddled. They are not They're mud- muddled. complete. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe that's you know a little bit broader, but still in the same you know let's say um, agenda. Do you think? Um, a socio-political agenda is uh, an important part of, of art. Should it be, or mm. can it be just you know wow. disregard? Important question again. I, I I really love these questions. They are making me think. Um, honestly, I don't think we can separate the socio-political agenda and uh, and art. Mm. I think art exists. Uh, in this place where it is in, in everything, with everything. I'm reminded right now of the Cold War artists, you know, mm. when the Soviet artists and American artists were being used to push some yeah. uh, social political agendas. Huh? There was no way that uh, they could not be part of it because if you live in a society, you are intertwined. Huh? You are part of that society, and there are forces that move, huh? you know, back and forth. And they move mm. you, and they move what you do. So I think I think this there will always be that connection. Um, yeah, I mean, if you go to the Venice Biennale right mm. now, you see that they have national pavilions. Yeah. And usually these are very tightly curated and choreographed platforms that are speaking a certain language, you know, a certain certain ideology, mm. you know, giving a certain front. So these are examples of how it's so complex. Um, but again, I think as an artist, you have to come back to that place where you say, okay, honestly, what is my voice? What am I saying? Uh, it might cost you a little bit, it might, uh, you know, uh, put you in an awkward position, but I think I enjoy artists who are honest uh, and who, who, who say, who, whose uh, intention align with what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we all need, sometimes we are, there are pressures, we pressures around us, we, we all need to survive and sometimes we are caught up in big politics mm-hmm. but i think as an artist there should be a place for you where you can just open up and do exactly what you want to do mm-hmm. and for me that represents like the most the best for me the best kind of artwork that i like to hang around with mm-hmm. you know? i see um yeah. back in <laughs> Yeah, back in uh, I I read back in Harare you taught 3D art mm-hmm. yeah at the Polytechnic yeah. School of yeah. Art and Design. Yeah. So here is a bit more kind of a kind of a more modern question maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Your take on machine learning AI in that respect? Oh yeah. Um, so I I am not well versed in uh, 
in um, AI or machine learning. Um, I think my, my preference uh, has always been the slow way of doing things. Mm -hmm. I understand the, the, the benefits of AI, yeah. but I think I understand AI more in other fields than in art. Mm -hmm. You know, I appreciate AI in other fields more than in art. I think there's something about art that must slow us down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and that must cause us to reflect we live in a very busy world it's crazy it's 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 it's, it's a capitalist machine mm. and i think one of the things that art does for me personally is slow me down mm. Mm. take my mind from the, the the red race yeah so that i can look at other things and appreciate some things beauty complexity um and uh, AI does amazing things, but I think there's also a shortcutting of things. Mm -hmm. You know, there's also like an erasure of this whole process, this whole tradition, this whole ritual. Mm -hmm. you, know? you know, sometimes when people made things, there was a ritual of making things. Yeah, yeah. Like when you make a ceramic pot, mm -hmm. like my grandma. She'd wake up very early in the morning and collect the clay at a certain time, at mm. a certain place. And there was a way that she carried that, you know, and mm. designed everything mm. according to the times, the seasons, uh, the, the nature, everything was connected. But I think with AI, you can design something in a matter of seconds. Microseconds. Yeah, so so they, there's that whole rituality that's lost and that slowness. And I'm not a big fan of that. I I would rather be slow. Mm. But I will also say I don't want to be like this um, person who is not catching up with the times. Yeah. I think there are some uses. Uh, which I probably need to learn, but uh, for me the process must be slow. Yeah. And looking around here and, and you knowing knowing your work, it, it seems very tactile, very haptic. Yeah. Whatever you do. It, yeah. So it, it's it's very much, I think. Well, maybe that's just my interpretation, but it's a, a process with your hands. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because th making making is thinking, you know, yeah. and uh, we don't only think with our minds, we think with every part of our mm. bodies, mm. you know. And uh, like our ancestors used to use their hands and they would appreciate nature more, they would appreciate the process more. Mm. Uh, and I think there's something about being human whereby you need to be involved. Uh, your hands need to, 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 to think, to do the thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, even for me, I use a lot of tools, but they are always like uh, on the minimum, yeah. you know. Uh, I never pre 3D print anything unless it is a mold yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 or a part of something. But uh, yeah, because for me, the art is not the product, it, it is the process. Yeah. Yeah. It is like the process of making uh, Ethiopian tea or mm. Japanese tea. Mm. You know, it's not about the, the product; it's about the whole steps. Mm. There's a story in every step. So, 
Yeah, I think maybe that's that's the only, um, not the only, but one of the, the key factors that that can can, if you want to say, counteract that machine learning process. The fact that we need these tactile experiences, right? These these um, things that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Know, so. so you're on the right path. <laughs> Hope so, man. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So usually, um, at the I mean, it's, it's been a really great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thank um, you very much. Um, Likewise. If um, usually I'm I'm kind of light-hearted at the end, so I'm just going to ask oh. you kind of a quick yeah. word wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Favorite color? Ah, uh, favorite colors. I don't know. Colors, yeah. Colors. Mm -hmm. I, I like a range of uh, reds. Yeah. Reds and browns. Yeah. Okay. Um, usually, I say favorite pasta form, like you know, spaghetti fusilli. If you eat that, uh -huh. I don't know. Mm. Or I, I mean, it can I mean, be any kind of food that you really. So a food that gives you comfort, you know, something that gives you the the feeling of that that you're home and happy. Uh, okay, I will, okay, with this spaghetti, I think just the, just the ordinary long spaghetti because yeah. it has childhood memories. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm, I'm a big meat eater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry to all the vegetarians, but <laughs> I'm okay. a big meat eater. Yeah. So, um, I like, I like my chicken. Yeah. Um, you cook yourself, if I'm I asked. cook myself. Yeah. Uh, my wife cooks. Yeah. And my mom also cooks. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I like chicken in many, many forms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's <Cool>. leave that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, favorite film? Do you have a favorite film or one that you go oh, back to and, and really what? like to watch mm. again? Maybe. Mm. That's an interesting one. I think I would watch the Mandalorian series. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about the demeanor of the Mandalorian yeah. that is very, very relatable to me. He's slow, he walks like he's very limp. <laughs> we never really see his face. I mean, we see it uh, yeah. at some point. And uh, he is like he's in pain, you know. And and he gets hurt many times, but he comes back up, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's got this armor that is uh, evidence of battle, like a battle with that armor. I kind of like that. Okay. Know, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, finally, um, your favorite uh, aquatic dweller, so sea animal, anything that lives on a sea or a lake or, or river, maybe? Ah. Hmm. It's just a mm. light-hearted, fun question. Yeah, random thing. So you know, I I I grew up in a landlocked country. Yeah, no, yeah. So uh, there's not much of. Uh, I mean, I don't have much experience with uh, uh, like uh, aquatic uh, animals. But I would say, um, I like um, something called the mudfish. Okay. In, in, in Zimbabwe, we call it uh, ramba. Uh -huh. It's got a shiny skin. Uh, okay. It's like an ear. Right? Okay. It's got so whiskers. Uh, okay. Um, 
it lives mostly in mud. It's very difficult to catch, you know, because you know, <laughs> it's slippery, slippery like, and yeah. it's very powerful. Okay. You know, if you hold it like it's, it's always like. Yeah. So I think the fun is trying to hold it. It's more fun because you know that I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to yeah. try. So I've always been fascinated with the mudfish. The mudfish. I'm go I'm going to look it up. I never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, um, anything? Any last thoughts or anything that you want to push out there? Your website, maybe. Anything? Uh, current currently it's under construction. Yeah. But I have uh, an Instagram handle. Yeah, I know. Uh, Masimba Wati. And I, I always throw experiments there, you know, and uh, events and, and stuff that I do in my studio. Great. So, so we're going to put that in the show, in the show notes, that, if, as you say. That would be nice. Sure, That'd absolutely. Nice. Yeah, but uh, thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. Well, thank you for your yeah. time. and It was really yeah. great fun and inspiring cool. to cool. listen to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much and yeah. see you next time. <laughs>